Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Confession. This week has turned me into, at least temporarily, a TGIF person, which I never thought I would be. Who am I? My name is Ben. Which TGIF person are you, Ben? Are you Steve Urkel, or are you more of a Carl, or maybe uh, the Olsen twins, or a Balky? You're sort of a Balky-esque figure. That's very kind of you. I know you like perfect strangers, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate your Noel. I appreciate I am, that immensely. I, I love that. I love that theme song. That is one of my favorite uh, theme songs of all sitcom time. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's a banger, right? It's inspirational, downright inspirational. If you ask me, we're standing tall on the wings of our dreams. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean though? It's a little confusing. How can you stand on wings? And and do how to dream? Do dreams have? I mean, it's a little the imagery flummoxes me a bit, but I do find the melody, the soaring melody, really gets me riled up in a good way. Yeah, not a sexual way though. Oh, that's good to know. But you know, it's twenty twenty. Live your truth, bro. Uh, Speaking of fantastic segues, of course, where would we be without our super producer Casey Pegram? Casey. You are you a Perfect Strangers fan, just sitcom wise, like theme song wise, maybe? Oh yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's objectively one of the the better theme songs from that decade, and that decade is is rife with uh, great themes. So, uh, quite an achievement to be one of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Not to get too in the weeds about the sitcom themes, but I just the songcraft of them has always really impressed me because you got to pack like everything a three and a half minute song would have into like. 
45 seconds. There's even a bridge in the Perfect Strangers theme. Okay, I mean, that's that's the last I'm going to say on that topic, but really impressive songwriting. There's like some real uh, time distortion happening in those themes when it feels like, you know, minutes have passed, but you've really only been there for 30, 45 seconds. It's impressive. Mm -hmm. It's such a download of exposition. And the weird thing is you can hear the full versions, you know, online easily now. Uh, and uh, they don't hold up. They're not. They're not as catchy as the sitcom ones. I love. I love the exposition. We should do. Uh, I propose we do an episode on sitcom themes in the future because you know, I read somewhere that there's like a, a, a relatively small cadre of people who are responsible for most of the real bangers. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, as a kid, and I know why, uh, I was myopically fascinated with the Mr. Belvedere theme song. And it's one of those that's doing what we're talking about, where it just like explains the whole crazy situation. Also, the nanny, Fran Drescher, if you're uh, if you're hearing this, uh, I'm on Twitter. So, so <laughs> uh, what do you think, Noel? Would that be an interesting idea for a future episode? Absolutely. And Fran, um, get at me too. I'm on Instagram. Uh, how now? No, <laughs> I always had a big old nanny crush, uh, yeah. even though it didn't age well with me personally. Mm -hmm. But when I was of a certain age, that Fran Drescher really got my dander up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fran Drescher. I have feelings I didn't understand at the time, <laughs> but, uh, but let's, let's move on, uh, to, Today's episode, uh, this is something that may also be a little bit difficult for many of us listening in the modern day to understand, and that is this. Back in the day, just like now, people were trying to do everything they could to ensure that they lived as long as possible and that they were healthy and virile and vital while they were alive. Uh, you can see it today in things like uh, anti-aging creams of dubious efficacy. Uh, and, and today's episode is about something even more dubious. People thought uh, that they could improve their physical health by doing something incredibly strange. Noel, you want to do the honors on this one? Why, yes, Ben. And I think we can uh, explain the topic of today's episode with a quote from Exodus 32, 19, uh, in which Moses uh, ascended the mountain to meet with the Lord. And after receiving the Ten Commandments from his Lord, Moses came down from on high upon the mountain where he saw the people worshiping a golden calf that they had made an idol, and Moses' anger waxed hot. He took the golden calf, burned it in fire, ground it into powder, and sprinkled it upon the water. Moses made the children of Israel drink of it. The powder Moses sprinkled upon the water was gold dust. That's my dramatic reading for the day. But yeah, drinking gold. Drinking gold was a thing. Dates back uh, to biblical times. Um, apparently, there was some kind of notion that it was imbued with magical properties i don't know they weren't really doing you know clinical studies at the time it had to have been based on just some sort of like hunch i guess what do you think ben it's strange because you know gold has a, a really long history throughout human civilization as a therapeutic agent similar in some ways to to silver First, it was used as a metal, right? And then, of course, there's the dust reference in biblical times. Uh, and then it was used as a soluble salt made by alchemists, the predecessors of chemists. You know, you'll recognize them as the the dudes who set out to like make the philosopher's stone and then invented pesticides and things like that. Uh, they, some of them, were convinced that 
this substance, gold, could be, uh, oh, by the way, I just have to point out, it is element 79 on the periodic table. Is it? Is it F-E? No, that's, that's iron. iron. Gold is N-A? A-U. A-U, that's right. Sodium is an A or nice. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, you got me on the periodic table no, stuff. No. And, you know, it, it sure, it sounds a lot like this Moses story. That I just really wanted an excuse to read in my, my most biblical of voices. Uh, it was an example of like him kind of rubbing the children of Israel's noses in what they had done and make, you know, treating them like bad boys and girls uh, because they, you know, worshiped this idol. Um, but the notion that uh, gold was this kind of magical elixir of life that would uh, you know extend your life can be traced all the way back to China in uh, 2500 BC. Yeah, this is where we see the first instance of someone preparing something like potable gold. Potable is just a, a dressed up word meaning drinkable, like potable water you probably hear in survival scenarios. And also in Egypt, drinking gold water was thought to enhance your youth. Uh, in Ayurvedic medicine today in India, red colloidal gold is still used for the same, roughly the same thing, rejuvenation, revitalization. And it's strange because, you know, going back to alchemy, if we look at the history of this, making drinkable gold is something that alchemists were super obsessed with for an incredibly long time. Yeah, alchemy in general. I mean, gold, making something out of nothing, like turning, you know, a non-precious metal into the most precious of metals. That, that was gold being chief amongst them. Um, so gold, the, you know, the alchemists were pretty gold focused. But yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, back in, in those ancient times when alchemists um, were really looked at uh, as as these you know, great kind of pillars of the community. They were almost like medicine men or, or you know, like uh, physicians, really. Um, and they were trusted in and they were thought to be generating something that actually could cure what ails you. It's interesting. You were talking about uh, just a minute ago uh, the red colloidal gold that's used in India. Um, today, also, colloidal silver is sort of one of those, is it, isn't it, snake oil or not <laughs> kind of remedies that a lot of people swear by. Um, but yeah, back to alchemy, it was known it was it was it was common knowledge that that uh, gold was not soluble in water. So the idea of making a drinkable gold uh, was kind of a you know super power move in and of itself, and demonstrated some sort of mastery of I don't know the dark arts, the light arts, I guess. And alchemist was more I guess into you know magic for good, I guess, right? Uh, you know, they labored under some stereotypes, you know what I mean? Especially if they were the only people in the region who could read, uh, just like a lot of medical practitioners at the time, you know, an alchemist was in, uh, higher than average danger of being accused of witchcraft in the eighth century AD. There's this Arabian alchemist. His name is Jabir Ibn Hayyan or You'll hear him called Kerber sometimes. He made the biggest breakthrough in drinkable gold when he invented something called aqua regia. He combined hydrochloric and nitric acid. He created one of the few substances that can dissolve gold. So this is useful for a lot of things, right? If we're being practical and a little bit mundane about it, you can use this substance to help you with gold extraction. You can use it to purify gold. But 
they wanted to use it for other things. They wanted to, to use it for its perceived curative qualities. And since the 8th century AD in this part of the world, alchemists spent a thousand years, maybe more, trying to figure out where else they could go with this. European alchemists uh, found these this secret written in a couple of books in the 9th and 10th centuries. And we know from other records, some famous medieval alchemists had claimed that they had discovered an actual life elixir. And that's the thing we see a lot with alchemy. You'll see somebody who says like, uh, <laughs> like, like Michael Scott, not from the office, but the alchemist, they'll, they'll say that they've made something right. Some big secret, uh, but they, they won't straight out tell you what it is or how they got it. Well, then help me with this, Ben. You know, I, I, I mean, I was sort of joking about using magic for good or whatever. And, you know, alchemy was not they would not have considered themselves to be manipulating any kind of supernatural forces. They were, you know, supposedly uh, using a precursor to chemistry and, you know, using science. But a lot of the stuff about transmutation and turning things into other things, there's some magical thinking that goes along with that. And a lot of it was bunk, right? I mean, just, just to clarify the whole kind of trajectory of alchemy in general. Yeah. And we have to keep in mind that in these times, uh, science and spirituality were not considered naturally in opposition. You know what I mean? You would have Christian alchemists who were using what we would call something like science to prove their spiritual beliefs, right? So there's some confirmation bias in there. Um, it, it's just a, it's a very interesting evolution. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. 
for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. If we fast forward to the 13th century, we know those alchemists like Michael Scott. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me. It's Michael Scott with one T uh, for the record. Uh, Roger Bacon and a couple of others had already written about this drinkable gold, which they called Aurum Potabile. And because of the uh, because of all the different people who were working on this over the centuries, uh, this drinkable gold got a reputation, kind of a snake oil reputation, like something you'd see at a medicine show. Uh, it was called a panacea that it could cure all diseases that like, hey, if you had any affliction, you know, whether you've got like a uh, brain ghost or you've got toe fever, <laughs> then just drink gold. Those pesky brain ghosts, man. I, I can't get rid of them. They follow me wherever I go, whispering sweet nothings to me. Um, so then there was this guy um, who I just love this name. His name is Paracelsus. That in and of itself sounds like some sort of like stomach medicine. Uh, so he seems legit just by his name alone. He really was a big force in kind of really spreading this notion of potable gold as this elixir of life that could cure anything that ailed you, you know, and also, uh, you know, keep your skin fresh and rejuvenated looking. Uh, probably do wonderful things for your hair as well, I imagine. Um, but yeah, it was used to treat fevers and all kinds of ailments and, uh, you know, Know, indigestion and anything that you could think of, but it actually caused more <laughs> problems than it cured. Uh, there was this condition known as auric fever that, um, surprise, surprise, you you know expose yourself to mm -hmm. metal <laughs> over a long period of time, you start to get this thing that uh, causes you to sweat profusely. And um, uh, the way it's described in this article from BMJ.com is. Uh, uh, to have a very abundant flow of urine, uh, in addition to irritations in your gutty parts, uh, and also could really cause, I mean, heavy metals in your, well, I mean, it's, I guess it's not heavy metal, but it's definitely not something that probably should be ingested in your body to that degree, and it would, you know, understandably cause damage to your kidneys trying to filter it out. Uh, and also, you would, um, you know, drool a lot. It would mess with your uh, with your production of saliva. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a certain threshold, you could even die. Deaths from gold intoxication were described. They were not uncommon, but still, people thought, you know, that's that's sort of how a lot of medicine works. It can be what can be beneficial in small doses can be dangerous in large doses. And people still praised this historically. Uh, Paracelsus, introduced earlier, said, Of all elixirs, gold is supreme and the most important for us. Gold can keep the body indestructible. Drinkable gold will cure all illnesses it renews and restores. And it's weird because that's kind of like this ancient TV infomercial language, right? It's like, do you have double elbow? Exactly. Gold. It's like bone broth or something. Totally. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Yeah. By, by the way, you guys, I can't, I can't let this go. Uh, Paracelsus's full name was thus. Uh, let me see if I can even get through this. This is incredible. Philippius Aurelius Theophrastus Bombastus von Hohenheim. Nice. AKA street name Paracelsus. And he was Swiss, by the way. And, uh, but I just, I, that, wow. Theophrastus Bombastus? Are you kidding me? 
I know. Drop the beat. I'll, I'll freestyle to that. So we're setting the stage here to say that gold was used for a lot of things. And we've got numerous cases across the world of people saying gold is the cure for what ails you, uh, regardless of what your symptoms might be. But as we've been foreshadowing, it really takes off as an anti-aging trend uh, during the Middle Ages. This is also the time when uh, apothecaries, aka predecessors of pharmacists, would sell things like scorpion oil and spiderweb elixirs, which I love because it kind of reminds me of Skyrim, which is a, just a fantastic video game. Uh, and we know that it go, like we know that gold drinking has been a suggested practice and suggested to have medicinal application for thousands and thousands of years. And when we fast forward to the Elizabethan era, we know that the use of drinkable gold was well enough established in European culture of the time that even Shakespeare mentioned it. In Henry IV, Prince Henry blames, uh, blames the gold crown for his father's illness, saying... I spake unto this crown as having sense, and thus upbraided it. The care on thee, depending, hath fed upon the body of my father. Therefore, thou best of gold art worst of gold. Other, less fine in carrot, is more precious, preserving life in medicine potable. Ben, I was shaking my fist as you were doing that reading. It just, it really, really got to me. That was good. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> so. He's saying, like, you know, the the gold crown is what makes is what's making my father ill. Uh, but you know, the the real gold, the helpful gold, is maybe uh, less impressive in terms of carrots and appearance, but it is real medicine because you can drink it. Interesting. Okay, I see it now. I see it now, Ben. Thank you for walking me through that. That's interesting, man. Okay, so let's not the present i guess but I, I think moving on to the 16th century uh when we have henry the second whose mistress actually drank gold in order to stay youthful uh and and you know attractive to her uh, not husband what do, you, what do you call what does a mistress call her uh liaison her, her lover maybe lover maybe um liaison i like uh Maybe, I mean, in the parlance of our day, it's sugar daddy, but I I want something more classy for this because we're talking about aristocrats here. Well, how about a zaddy? <laughs> okay. Zaddy's you know what? Good. Let's go with it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, she wanted to stay, you know, trim and fit for her zaddy. And uh, there was a study that was published in the British Medical Journal that actually chronicled this. Uh, but I think she, she might've had a little too much. Like you said, Ben, little 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 dabble, do you? And uh, according to uh, toxicology reports, this eventually led to her poisoning herself. Yeah, you're right, Noel. Diane de Poitiers, Casey, I'm gonna I'm gonna check with you on the French there. Yeah, that would be something like Diane de Poitiers. Casey on the case, not that bad. <laughs> yes, so Diane de Poitiers is one of the few 100% confirmed cases of someone dying by drinking gold. Uh, she was, as as you said, Noel, she was the infamous mistress of King Henri II of France. And she was a, a, a well-taught, well-rounded, educated person. Uh, she studied music, hunting, uh, languages, uh, and 
she was given what I would say is is a pretty high end education uh, for a young woman in the Renaissance era. Totally. Question though for everyone and for history: Why is the mistress got to be the infamous one? I mean, what, what about the the king? Is he not to blame? You know, for uh, cheating on his wife? What? Well, I don't understand why all the blame goes on the on the woman. That's just my hot take. Yeah, I have a low opinion of kings in general. Uh, you guys both know this about me. Uh, I, I would say maybe she's infamous because of the manner of her death. I don't know. Yeah, that could well be. It's a good point. Infamous, though, I just think of as meaning, meaning you did something dastardly. Mm. Uh, this was more just kind of a sad product of her trying to stay in the good favor of her jerky king, you know, zaddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she married someone 39 years her senior when she was 15. Uh, his name was Louis de Brézé. He was the grandson of King Charles VII, and he had served in the court of King Francis I. And so this, this marriage had to have, I mean, maybe it was romantic, uh, but we have to remember the idea of marrying for romantic love is sadly a relatively recent invention in history uh this may have been a political move she served as the lady in waiting to queen claude and then her and her husband had two daughters before louis passed away in 1531 leaving diane 32 years old uh she started wearing black and white as you know a symbol of mourning and she would keep these colors for the rest of her life Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, 
Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So at this time, she's, as we said, 32 years old. She's already renowned for her beauty. Uh, imagine the uh, 16th century version of a bunch of people coming up to a pretty person and saying, oh my God, what's your secret? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's Maybelline. Uh, in this case, it was gold. We'll get to this. Uh, she did become the mistress of Henry II. Their affair is believed to have begun when she was 35 and when the king was 16. For a time, she was the most powerful woman in France, even more powerful than the uh, the legitimate queen. Then when Henri passed away in 1559, uh, Diane had a pretty precipitous fall from grace. Uh, she got banished, and eventually uh, she died at the age of 66. But here's the thing. Contemporary reports said that she looked super young. Like when she was 50, she looked 30, things like that. And they everybody kind of believed that her secret was that she was drinking gold. Now, maybe that sounds like a catty rumor courtiers spread. But in this case, Noel, it turns out to be true, right? Yeah, I mean, at the very least, she wasn't getting accused of, like, bathing in virgin's blood or anything. Right. Like, or that, that's, you know. Because uh, this is something that, you know, was available. This was a, a pretty relatively known um, concoction that you could get in uh, all of a lot of the apothecaries uh, in the French court. Um, because they actually believed that gold harnessed the power of the sun. Um, uh, and a lot of that comes from those kind of alchemical notions of, of of power in in the substance wasn't that what they called it ben didn't they call gold the substance i like it i it might i might just like the way you say it but i i say we'll go with it can you do it one more time the substance it's kind of like you're tickling my ears that's beautiful now of course given the time frame and uh, given how much time has passed uh between our podcast and and this uh this poor woman's death uh you would reasonably assume that this would remain a rumor or an anecdote. However, we have uh, the benefit of some forensic science. You see, three scientists in 2008 actually solved the case of Diane's death, and they, they did it in a somewhat grisly way. I don't know. What do you think? It was a little grisly. I mean, you know, it definitely involves some digging up of corpses but you know enough time had passed they were obviously just bones and they did just that in 2008 uh this group of scientists 
unearthed the bones uh, of Poitiers, de Poitiers, and they uh, were able to confirm that they were, in fact, hers because the uh, they matched up her jawbone to a portrait uh, of her. And also, one of her leg bones had a perfect uh, clean break from a uh, documented uh, riding accident, which is pretty interesting. That they, that's, that's a pretty good uh, detective work there. And then they actually had access to some of her hair uh, from a collection of her own hair that she kept. Mm. Nothing the, creepy uh, there. <laughs> no. Uh, the palatial uh, country home where she was exiled to. Uh, sounds terrible. The Chateau d'Anne, uh, which was given to her by Henri, and um, she was allowed to live out her days there when uh, Catherine de' Medici, um, who was Henri's uh, wife, uh, banished his mistress. And in measuring those hair samples, they were able to find that it contained uh, gold levels 500 times above normal tolerances. Also, uh, a lot of mercury traces in there, um, which apparently was another ingredient of this potion. So not uh, knowing what we know now, Ben, uh, pretty terrible uh, combination there. Oh, yeah. I mean, just imagine 500 times. Uh, also, uh, shout out to everybody who's currently thinking of the etymology of Matt as a hatter. You mentioned haberdashers and mercury. So the scientists team up with a guy who usually works in hospital morgues, and they conclusively identify Diane de Poitiers' body, as you said, uh, and then they were able to measure those chemical levels in her hair and they also noted that there is a scientific basis for the reason that people might have said that she looked unusually young because this level of gold consumption can give you white skin from anemia. It can give you fragile hair, bones, and teeth. And this is exactly the state she was in when she passed away. We're getting some of this from an excellent article in The Telegraph. And, you know, as you said, you know, uh, she had been banished to that chateau before she passed away. She was 66. It was 1566. Uh, she was originally buried in a really nice chapel, but during the French Revolution, her grave was desecrated. They threw her in a in a you know a commoner or pauper's grave, and that's why like it took so long to find her. A pit, yes, yeah, a pit. Yeah, that's wild. I gotta say, Ben, given the time, mm -hmm. and uh, obviously, you know, people life expectancy was not what it is today. Sixty six seems a pretty ripe old age, doesn't it? Uh, I wonder how long she would have lived if she had not been, you know slow poisoning herself over decades and decades that's a good question Noel, and i believe it's one that we will have to endeavor to answer another day but it's so crazy dare i say it's ridiculous people are out here drinking gold I know, man. I'll tell you one thing we do know, though, that youthful complexion that it supposedly gave her, which essentially was just being like super pale, uh, was the result of anemia. <laughs> so, you know, uh, there are better ways, there are better remedies to, to keep that youthful glow than to drink toxic chemicals. Uh, I think that's the takeaway from today's episode. Yeah. And, and in Gold's defense, it has been used pharmaceutically in the treatment of rheumatism. So we want to say it's not all complete woo or pseudoscience but um i don't know man you know as you know my aversion to metals i i can't imagine 
drinking gold. It's like, it, it, for me, it's like how you would imagine if you had to get in bed and your bed had 13 parrots in it every night under the covers. Ben, I'm so triggered right now. I can't even handle it. <laughs> My skin is literally crawling. Oh man, I wouldn't, you know, I like some birds and I, I wouldn't even hop in that, uh, hop in that bed. But luckily we have the benefits of the modern day, both in our understanding about the, the science and chemistry involved in drinking or ingesting gold. Uh, we also have the benefit of ornithology and knowing the parrots do not belong in beds. Uh, and as always, I feel like just to be safe, we should say this, you guys, we are not medical professionals. Do not, we haven't told anybody to drink gold, but please, please be mindful of it. I, you know what? Is that a hot take if I say don't drink gold? Is that a hot take? Oh, no. No, Ben. Don't drink gold. Don't put foreign objects in your nose. And don't dig too deep with those Q-tips, guys. Come on. I know it says you're not supposed to put them in your ears, but we all do. So at least exercise a little bit of restraint when you're jabbing around in there. Mm -hmm. My PSA for the day. There we go. Yes, the more you know, uh, because we love to hear from you, and we love when you tune into the show, and you need your ears to do that most times. So this is another one for the Ridiculous History Books. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Casey Pegram. Uh, thanks, of course, to our research associate, Gabe Luzia. Massive thanks to uh, Christopher Hasiotis, who is here in spirit with us, as always, watching over us like a, a Mufasa in the sky. Uh, and then thanks to Jonathan Strickland and his, uh, his dastardly alter ego, the Quister, who I believe will be joining us one of these days uh, for a Quister Core edition. We can call him the Quors the Quorster. No. A uh, uh, maybe that extra syllable. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are long overdue uh, for a Quister appearance. Uh, you know, just peek behind the curtain here, folks. Uh, the three of us were talking off air, and we kind of missed the guy, but no one tell him that. Definitely not. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. 
Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.